Hey, you're listening to the Catalyst Church Podcast, here to incite change through Jesus. Check us out on social media, Catalyst Church NZ. Now, onto this week's message. I do like to, to, to share, and it's one of those things about getting the, the Word of God into you, into your spirit. Um, and when it comes to like Sundays, I don't take this for granted. It is something that I really try and seek God for and believe God for that he will um, he will really speak through me and to you and your situations and today I want to talk to you about the answer the answer to this world because there is many questions right now that this world has and they are trying to answer and I believe that there is an answer to be found and I don't know if you've ever had a conversation with a a two-year-old or a three-year-old but they have a lot of questions (laughs) But there is a lot of things that toddlers are curious about, right? Like, I don't know if you had this there. And there is a, a three-letter word that is on the lips of every toddler if you ask them, why? Like, you answer something and then they'll be like, why? And then they'll be like, what's that? And they're like, where are we going? Are we there yet? Why? Like, I don't know if you've ever had this. Can I eat this? Like, have you had that question there? Do I have to? Why? Like, you know, what, what does that mean? Like, Why? Why, like, why? There's something inbuilt into toddlers with this curiosity for questions. So many questions and not enough answers. But in the Bible, in Proverbs 25, 2, it says this, it is the glory of God to conceal things. Like God actually, like there is hidden gems in this world that are concealed by God. And then it continues on and it says this, but the glory of kings is to search things out. Like it was God's plan right from the very beginning that we would have to search and seek things out. Have you ever wondered like why creation took like six days? Like like it wasn't just like, because God could if he wanted to have just said, all right, I have this plan. It's in my head. Well, I don't know if he has it in his head, but he has like, he knows what he wants to do. And it's like, boom, like he could have just um, in an instant, in a fraction of a second, it could have all been done. But instead on day one, like the spirit of the God was hovering over the deep and there was nothing there. And then he speaks to the situation and there's light and all of a sudden there's light. And then he calls out the, the, the dry land and he creates the skies and then he creates like all the plants and the trees. And then he creates birds and he creates fishes and he creates animals. And he does all this over several days and, and, and there. Why didn't he just do it all at once? I believe it's because God, right from the beginning, wanted to show us that we're on a journey. We're on a process, that it doesn't happen all of a sudden. But there's things to be revealed. And there's stuff that we don't see today that God wants to show us tomorrow. And that there is something going on. And I believe God is wanting us to start searching for things. Now, when it comes to searching for things, I have a love-hate relationship with searching for things. I'll be honest. I hate searching for things that I've already found, that are lost. Like, and I am notorious for this and I am improving. I'm improving, praise God. But like, I will lose my wallet, my keys, my phone. Like one of my most favorite features of my watch here is that it connects to my phone and I can, I can like go on this and I can go find my phone. I click on it and my phone will start ringing. Praise God. It's so helpful because I hate searching for things that have already been found. But I love searching for stuff, like hidden stuff. Like I remember one time, we had this orienteering event that I went to and they're like, I don't know if you know what orienteering is, so I'm going to explain a little bit. But basically you get given a map 
and you have to go search out all these little checkpoints on there and for us on this one there was these little fluorescent cards that were hidden on this big uh, mountain area and we would look on the map and we would find like on the elevation where we are and we would search and we'd find it and there'd be a little symbol that would correlate to what was on our map on this and then there'd be another symbol and we'd have to write it out and I remember doing this event and it was actually a youth event when we were youth pastors were running it there um, but all of a sudden, like I got super competitive and we were running all over this mountain and we were, and every time I saw one of these little like fluorescent things, like I would just be like the best thing ever. I would like, there it is. We would run across, we would find it. We would like, look, look at the symbol, go there, it's there. And then we recreated on this thing. And like, all right, we're going to go. It was supposed to be like a fun event for the young people. I'm telling you right now, like uh, we got competitive on a whole new level. Like it was fun for the young people, but the people in my group, they were ragged. They were tough. We're like, we're going to run. Where's the next one? Where's the closest one? Because we wanted to find them. And every time we found one, there was this like joy that came out and something there. Like, you know, when I cracked the code and I found this thing and we ran around and there is something that's inbuilt inside of you and I, a curiosity, a desire to find things, to find answers. And the reality is today, everyone in this world is searching. We are seeking and searching. And Jesus said in Matthew 7 verse 7, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. And as God designed us with this inbuilt desire to, to be curious, this find out things, to seek things out. And from that very moment, it's been a young child. We have looked to find things, to discover things. Much often as a parent, we get really frustrated and annoyed when our kids discover things that we don't want them to discover. Like when they discover like all the Tupperware in the bottom drawer and they discover it all over the kitchen. And then, they, you know, they discover like, you know, the, the, the different drawers and things and they find them and they put them out there. But actually, that's who we were. And as we reflect and as you think on your life, there is this purpose of discovery that we each have. We see it right from a young age. Even as babies, they're curious and they're looking around and toddlers, they ask these questions. And then we go to school and we discover all this art. And around age 11, 12, there's this amazing thing that happens where we as individuals start to go on our own journey of discovery, not based just purely on what was taught to us, but actually to discover the, the different things about life. And it's this journey that goes on and through our teenage years and even into young adults, we have this whole thing as we discover what our view, worldview is, why we believe what we believe. Is that true? Is that real? Is what people have told me, is that the truth? Is that is that actually real? Like, you know, what's what's going on? And we have this, and we formulate our worldview. And for every single person on this planet, we, when we form a worldview, we have to answer some questions. There's four questions that are fundamental to every worldview. And I want to let you know what they are because they, these questions are easy to ask, but they're not always simple to answer. And for each of us, we need to answer these four questions. We need to answer the question of origin. Where did I come from? Every single worldview you speak to will answer that question in some way, shape, or form. Some of those things seem crazier than others, uh, and some of them seem like, you know, more logical and natural, but where did we come from? We need to answer the question of destiny. Where am I going? We need to answer the question of purpose. Why am I here? Why am I alive? Why am I on this planet? And we need to answer the question of morality. How shall we live? And it's incredible that as we go around this world that this question of morality seems to be inbuilt into each one of us. In fact, 
the Bible says that all of creation shouts out the glory of God and, and each of us have this commonality inside of our lives. No matter where you go, Bianca's half Portuguese and we travel to the other side of the world all the way over to Portugal and yet over on Portugal, somehow they know that it's not right to tell a lie, that it's not right to go and kill someone. It's not right. Like, you know, there's like this, these, these, these things that are inside of us. And as a Christian, my worldview answers all of those questions based on what I read and feel and experience in the Word of God. But what I know here, and when I personally discovered Jesus, I discovered answers. Answers that made sense. Answers that gave hope. Answers that had bigness. Answers that had purpose. And right now, like, you know, we got an incredible kids program over there. We, I love our kids. I, I believe so much in this next generation. And I, I like, you know, like, I don't know if you've ever been around kids and in kids church before and what goes on there. Kids Next Door is not just a babysitting service, by the way. You need to know that. We are, we are, we are calling out the gift of God. We are calling out what, what, what's inside of each of them. And I'm thankful to every person that's invested into our kids. And so often you ask one of these questions, like you're there and, and the kid will put up their hand. And the answer invariably for some of these kids will be, Jesus? And I love that. Like they, they have this there. The, the question could be like, you know, how many days did God take to create, to, to, to create the, the earth? Jesus? And in a way they're right. The answer is Jesus. Because when you discover Jesus, you discover his church. When you discover Jesus, everything shifts. Everything changes. Your life is turned upside down. And this morning we sang a church, uh, sang a song about build your church. And uh, that comes from a scripture found in Matthew 16, verse 18. It says this, says this, and I tell you, you are Peter and on this rock, I will build this church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. The answer to this world is Jesus. The church is the answer and Jesus is the architect. He is the one that designed it. And I want to tell you right now, we're not talking about building a church building. We're not talking about building a church organization. We're talking about building the church, the capital C church, the body of Christ, the people of God that is so much more than a movement, so much more than a, a, a collaboration or an organization. It is the people of God. So I want to ask you a question today with all of that said. If you knew today that you were going to die tomorrow and could only ask for one thing today, what would you ask for? If you knew that this is my last, I got 24 hours, that's it, and I can only ask for one more thing of God, what would you ask for? Jesus. Well, I want to I check out what Jesus asked for. That's a great, great, great thing there. Check out what Jesus asked for in John chapter 17, verses 20 to 23. It says this, I do, not, uh, own, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one just as you. Father, uh, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me, that the glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be even as we are one. They may, we may be one even as we are one. I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and you love them even as you love me. 
I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Jesus immediately in verse 20 there, did you notice that in his last prayer, he doesn't actually pray for the world, but actually instead he prays for the believers. He prays for his disciples. He prays for those people. Now, at first, this may seem a little counterintuitive because Jesus, as we know, came to die for the world. And, and we might think, is this a little bit selfish, Jesus? How come you're playing for those that are in the club, that are in the church already, that already know you? Like, come on, Jesus. Like, that's not what you came here for, right? Like, like, did you mess up? Like, did you, did we hear that right? Like, why are you praying for the believers? But Jesus in his last prayer didn't pray for the world. He prayed for the believers not because Jesus doesn't care for the world. We know that he came to save the world. But actually, we know that Jesus cared so much about the world that he came to save the world. So he prayed for the believers and not the whole world because the hope for any community is found by the believers in that community. Right now, you and I, if you, you know Jesus, if you would say to me, Andy, today, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, you are the hope for Auckland. You are the hope for the North Shore. You are the hope for West Auckland. You are the hope for your workplace. You are the hope for your family because in you is Jesus, the hope of glory. You are the one that God has called for this earth. And if you want to pray for a group of people, then the best strategy that Jesus has laid out for is to pray for God to rise up and to strengthen the group of believers within that group. You want to see God do a, a miracle within sports teams? We pray that the Christians in those organizations would rise up. You want to believe for God to do a work in your, um, in your family? You got to pray that God would rise up the believers in that family. Because we need to pray for those people. Because God's church, God's people are His plan A for working in this world. So when we pray for the world, the main thing that we should pray for is that the people of God would be spiritually alive in Him. And it's important to note, like when Jesus in the scripture here, and you can read it again for yourself later in John 17, it's important to note that in His final wishes, Jesus prays for us as believers to know His love for God and God's love for us that we would internalize God's love in our own lives. In other words, he's praying that we would love Jesus the way that God loves Jesus and that we would love others like Jesus loves us. Because when we do that, people will know that God is real. When we love others the way that Jesus loved us and that the way that the, the local church shows love is like the paint that makes the invisible Christ visible to our community. Like the way that, like, like Jesus said this, he said, people will know that I am real by the way you love others. Like when we show love to one another and that that is why we exist as a church to show the love of God to a world that needs saving. And that is why I so passionately believe in the local church. Last Sunday, we had a prophetic word over this church that said, we are a church called to go out into the community and to show and spread the love of God. And that is who we are. That is why we exist. But it's important to note that the church is not an organization. It's not just about catalyst. It's not just about your local church or some other location or some other building or some other non-for-profit that we can get our tax rebates on at the end of the year. It is about the people that come together. 
And that's why as we come in three Sundays time on March the 26th to go into the Fairway Event Center, that this is a new space for us as a church to show who Jesus is. Like I'm excited for this season because it's not just uh, about us, but it's about a place that we can call home and invite others to come in. You know, this, this venue that we're going to into, it actually has a rich heritage of churches that have gone before us, that have opened up the doors to allow people to walk in. This space that we're going to has heaps of parking so that we can invite people to come through in. And I want to share a little bit about my hope and vision for what the church is. See, the church is not just designed to be a place for us to come and feel good. I want to tell you in the presence of God, God there is fullness of joy. Like you should experience love and joy. You should experience peace. You should experience answers in that place. But it's not just a place for us to come into. I want to paint a picture for you. And for those of you who have never been there before and you can come next week, I want to encourage you to come and be a part of it uh, to see and sense the space. But as you come into this space, there is heaps of cars, parks. The reason there's heaps of car parks is because there needs to be space for there. Like last week, like the, how many people parked on the road today? Because they were like, I can't get blocked in. I need to go, right? Like, like there's only so many cars we can jam into our driveway. Praise God. I loved it. And praise God, I didn't have any of the neighbors yelling at us. Like, you're blocking my driveway. I can't get out. Like, you know, people are parking down there. And so it's amazing, right? We need to have a space. So when people come in, that they, they know that they're welcome, right? Like, it's like when we have a car park, a big car park, it's like we've reserved the space for you. Like we've reserved a place for you to come in. As you come in and you see this, we're going to have one of our flags out the front there. Our flags has a big word on it. Does anyone know what that word is? It says Catalyst Church. And on the other side, it says welcome. It doesn't say Jesus. (laughs) I like that answer, right? Jesus is the answer. Amen. Amen. But it says welcome. We're creating a church where Anyone is welcome. Everyone is welcome, no matter what your background, no matter what your beliefs, no matter what your religion, no matter what your status, no matter how healthy or unhealthy, like what your bank account looks like. I don't give a rip. No, Like, I'm going to tell you something about our church. And this is something that might frighten some of you. You might come into church one day and the person you're sitting next to might not smell as desirable as you'd like. But our church is a church that is welcome to everyone. Maybe they have a sense of some, like, you know, vice that's been on their life. Maybe they've come in and they've, like, you know, been drinking some substances. Maybe they've been smoking something. I don't know. But I want to tell you, our church is a place that anyone and everyone is welcome. Because I remember before Jesus how lost I was. I remember in my life how, like, I just needed something in my life. I was searching and seeking. And there is a world out there that is looking for answers. And in our hands, when we have found Jesus, we have the answer. And I don't ever want to be a church that would say, you know what, because you don't look a certain way, because you don't act a certain way, because you don't believe a certain way, you're not welcome in here. So everyone is welcome and they can come as they are and be a part of our church. And as they come into our church, as they come into that place, they're going to be greeted by someone that is out there welcoming them. They're going to have a nice pink hivers on. They're going to be out there. They're going to have the music pumping. They're going to be like Hayden was. They're going to be calling people in out the streets and there. They're going to see a smile. 
because Jesus is on the inside of someone in there and we want to welcome people in. As they come in and they're found into that space, maybe that day it's raining, people with umbrellas are going to help sh- like shuffle people into the front door so people like my wife don't have to worry about their hair going all puffy and all out of control. Like they're going to come in and they're going to be dry and they're going to come in. As they come to the front doors of our church, there's going to be other people that are there that are going to welcome them. They're going to stand out a hand. They're going to shake hands. For those people that need it, they're going to come wrap their arms around them. They're going to embrace them, give them a hug, welcome them into the church. And they're going to ask them a question. Hey, would you like a coffee? Yeah. Now, for some of you people out there, you might be listening going, Andy, I don't even like coffee. I, I used to be like you. <laughs> I used to be like you. I didn't like coffee. But the purpose of a coffee is not a hot beverage. It's not about caffeine because we've got hot chocolates and we'll have teas and we'll have all the other stuff. The purpose of a coffee is hospitality. The purpose of a coffee is so that when people come into our church, they can feel at home. They can feel at ease. There's something about having a nice warm beverage in your hand that that shifts something around you. They come into this place and they know that they can feel at home. And they come into this place, they're welcomed. And I see people coming up and introducing themselves and going, Hey, how's it going? How's your week been? Is it your first time here? How'd you come and, 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 and be in this place? And as they come through these front doors in this, this area, they're going to go out and they're going to see a church. You're going to see a church. Before they even come into it, they're going to feel a church. Because the presence of God is in that place. We're creating a church where the Spirit of God can move and flow. And in this space, there is going to be a sound that is unique to Aotearoa. I don't know what it's going to be like yet, but I know that God is calling us as a church to create an atmosphere, to create a space that is not a cookie cutter of some other location, some other church. We may sing songs that come from other churches, but there is going to be a flavor. There is going to be something that God has laid in the hearts of the people of Catalyst that will come forth. And as they come in, We will have worship. We will see people that are freely abandoned, giving themselves over in praise and worship. Man, you will look at me on a Sunday and I jump up and down. Maybe you're not a jump up and down person, but I I see you jumping up and down at the rugby game. If I see you jumping up and down at like a club, if I see you jumping up and down, you can jump up and down in the house of God. We can jump in the presence of God. I lift my hands and free abandonment that would say, God, I'm here to worship you. Lord, whatever it is that's in my life that's gone on and people will come into this church and they will let go of their hurts they'll let go of their cares they'll let go of their anxieties their worries and they will be filled with the presence of God and we've got so many things that need to be done and I can tell you every single job that we have for somebody to do will connect with people's gifts that they can serve with a smile on their face whether it's picking up rubbish Man, I love creating a clean space that people aren't distracted. Man, you come into a place like this morning. I fixed it up. You can't see it right now, but where that plant is right now, it was it's doing a little bit now, actually, but it was scrunched up and it was real bad. And I'm like, man, there's people that observe that thing and they're going to get distracted by that and they're not going to be focused. So when you pick up that rubbish, you create a clean environment for somebody to come in and receive from God. When you're out in the car park and it's a wet, windy day and you're welcoming people in and you go, man, it's wet and windy, but I got the love of God in me. I'm creating the first impression that when people come to church, I want people to know that there's something different and they're smiling. Like I I don't care what it, like when you're a barista, like I say this, man, 
Like if I didn't have to worry about jobs or anything like that or money, like my job I want to be as a barista because I love making people happy. Life is too short for bad coffee and uh, too, life is too short for bad coffee and to live it without Jesus. So if I can be a barista, I can give this, I can have conversations because something happens around a cup of coffee where you have conversations and you can have this. Whatever your role, whatever your space, there is something for you in this church. The church is for everyone. Whether it's securing the venue and making sure that people are feeling safe and know that their cars are looked after, they can come in and not worry about it. Whether it's about setting this place up or packing it down or cleaning, whatever it is, every part is part of a bigger picture. It's part of a bigger picture. And that picture is the answer that this world is looking for. And we will play our role here at Catalyst to help bring forth the gift of God that's in your life. That's why we have these conversations, not because we need to fill jobs or roles. Man, if, if ever you felt at one point in time that you just are, are here to fill a role, man, to just to fill a gap, that's not what we're about. We're about creating the gift and call of God that's on people's lives. At some point in time, you know, we, we may need gaps to be filled. But if you've ever prayed a prayer, God use me, then don't be, don't be afraid. Uh, don't be surprised rather that when we ask you to come and do something for God and God starts to stir stuff on you. But the answer is found for this place, for this city and the church of Jesus Christ. I believe so passionately in the local church. Jesus himself said upon this rock, by the way, that rock he's talking about is the revelation that Peter had that said, Jesus you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the answer. And Jesus himself said, based on this understanding, I will build the church and nothing will be able to come. Jesus is the one that builds the church. Each of us do our roles, but it's God that brings the increase around all of this. And so we're here to create answers for this world. And over the coming weeks as we launch out here, I want to encourage you to be inviting your friends and family like, I want you to, to do it. It's going to be so great to come and gather and be a part of there. But really, the reason we do this is so we can help provide answers for a world that is searching. We can provide answers for a world that has questions so that they can understand where do they come from. They can understand why am I here. They can understand how they shall live. But they can answer this question, where am I going? And we believe so wholeheartedly that each and every one of us is called by God. And the, the, the good news is this, this, is that God came for each and every one of us because we all fall short. The bad news is this, is that because we fall short, the Bible says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that those wages or what we earn from that is death. But the good news is this, is that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That it's not because of anything good that we did. You can't do it yourself. All you can do is receive Christ into your life. And in Romans 10, 9, it says this, that if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. It's as simple as that. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. And that's what we're here as a church to do. To give the answer to this world so that people can know who God is. We don't, run a club so that we can feel good. I love church. I love gathering around. I love it on a Sunday, like, you know, as we prepare and get ready and people come in here. But it's for something bigger than that. It's to create a space for us to know who we are in God, to step into that 
and to see it flourish and grow in such an incredible way. And that's why I love the, the things that we do. That's why I love what you shared this morning, Sinead, about like, you know, how God affirmed who you are. And yeah, I believe the Beyonce of the church, you're going to rock it. You're going to do things. But I also love the, the, the testimony, Karen, that you gave about how God is with you. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you need. And he will help carry you into the next season, giving you what you are. That we don't do it alone. That we are part of community. That God is with us. That he is for us. And so today, my prayer is simple. My prayer is that this church would be an answer for this world. A world that is lost, a world that is broken, a world that is hurting. That they would find Jesus, not in a service, so to speak, but in the people of God being the people of God. Showing the love of Christ to their community, to their family, to their friends and their colleagues. And so God, today I pray, Lord, I know that you are taking us into a new season, a new day. And God, I pray that as we are approaching that day, that you would stir in each person, Lord, the people that you have for this church, what it is that they can do to contribute and be a part of this. God, we're not ever called to do life alone. <laughs> you said right there in Genesis, it's not good for man to be alone that actually we were designed to be in community. First, we were designed to be in connection with you. But God, we were designed to be in connection with the whole body. And Father, I pray, God, you would stir upon us. Help us to be that light upon a hill, to shine brightly who you are. And before I finish praying today, I just want to create a moment in this space here to invite anybody that if you don't know Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, Maybe you've never made a decision like that. But today I've said to you what the, 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 the good news is. But the bad news is that without Jesus, you can't enter into eternity. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. So if you've never made a decision like that in a moment, I'm going to lead everyone here in a prayer. And you can make that your personal prayer. Because as I said before, that if you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Maybe you made a decision like that once before, but you've walked away from God and you're far from God right now. And today you're saying, Andy, I know what, I'm coming back to him. I, I need to be right with him. Then you pray this prayer too. Or maybe you're just listening today and you're just not sure where you stand with God. You don't know. Where, where you are, like if you were to die today, whether you'd go to be in eternity in heaven or separated in hell. The Bible makes it super clear that it is by faith and declaration that salvation can enter into your heart. And so today you make this your prayer. If you're in any one of those three categories, if you're in the room here or you're listening online, you've never given your life to Jesus, you once have, but you're far from him and you're coming back, or you're not sure where you stand and you want to be sure, Pray this prayer, and everyone's going to pray it with us today. Everyone in the room, you pray this after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you today, and I open my life and my heart to you. I thank you, God, that you paid the price for all my sins, and you received me into, my, into your family. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I am forgiven because of you. Thank you for accepting me today. In Jesus' name I pray.
Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, I want to encourage you to come up the front, speak to me or Bianca or someone who came with, and we'd love to pray with you, help you on the next steps. If you're listening online, you can go to our website, catalystchurch.co.nz forward slash Jesus. It'll tell you the next steps of what you can do. But today, I just want to pray that God is anointing us as a church to be the answer for this world. For some of us, as you've heard me speak this morning, you're going, Andy, it's a bit scary for me to talk to my friends, my family, or whatever that is, or to invite them. I'm, I, I'm scared of being rejected. I'm scared of whatever to, that they would say no. And I just believe that God is wanting to lay a grace upon each of us. And so if you want personal prayer for that, I'm going to invite you afterwards to come up the front. And if you've got any other prayer needs, I want to pray for people here today. And if you prayed that prayer just before to do that. But why don't we all just stand to our feet right now because I want to pray corporately over each person here today. If you feel comfortable to just close your eyes and lift your hands. Just do that now. We just lift our hands as a sign of surrender and openness to God. Close our eyes and we're not distracted. So easy to get distracted. But God, I thank you right now for every person here in this room. Jesus, you are the answer that this world is looking for. And Jesus, we look to you today. And I pray right now that Jesus, you said, go into all the world and make disciples. And God, as we go from this place, each one of us, we go into different directions. We go into different spheres of life. We go into different workplaces, different families, different friend groups. God, I pray right now, different neighborhoods even. God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would help us to go and to be the light. Lord, I thank you that there is a grace that you're releasing upon each one of us right now. Lord God, to speak your name, the name above every other name. I'm reminded in Acts 4, it says that there is no other name under heaven which man can be saved except the name of Jesus. And so God, we want to lift you up high. God, for where we have stumbled and, Lord, not been able to share you for whatever reason, where we've been fearful, God, I thank you that today is a new day. That, God, you would give us a grace and an anointing to share you boldly. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation, Romans 1.16. And, God, I pray for a boldness to come, Lord, upon us. Lord, let it come upon me. Lord, let it come upon each one of us to be your light. In Jesus' name.